<laughs> I can only laugh. Uh, it's uh, 322, a little bit later than normal. Why in a second? Um, it's Eric Chase. Eric Chase and the fam. Welcome to the podcast edition of the show. Uh, okay. Usually, we have a, uh, a guest on Wednesdays. That guest has tested my patience and can't seem to connect. If there's uh, one thing, actually, you know, there's like a thousand things I don't like, but the one way to get excommunicated from a lot of me is be late. I'm not necessarily, uh, if you're, uh, I'm not necessarily a, (laughs) if you're on time, you're late kind of person, um, but just uh, just don't be late. And if you are, give somebody a, a heads up. Um, I'll also say that I am the complete opposite of someone who is late um, and can't manage their time. I can't manage it in the other way where I'm chronically early. And I have to take that into account as my patience may wane waiting for you. So I, I do know that. I've gotten better at that. Um, we've got some... Some a bunch of local things to tap into uh, to share some thoughts on here, but let me start with what I tweeted last night. And I apologize if I apologize if you're like Eric. I already saw this tweet, or I already, I already saw this thing on on Instagram. Um, I appreciate you for uh, being my my shadow. Um, I greatly thank you for that. But so many people are just on one place or not the other. So I do my best to, if, if there's something good, put it on Facebook. Put it on the show Facebook page, Eric Chase and the fam on Q105. Put it on Twitter. Put it on Instagram. Throw it up in the stories. So I apologize if you see things repeatedly. And I'm, I'm actually kind of shocked. Like after I pecked this tweet out last night when I got home from work a little bit after, oh wait, it was actually at 5.15. Did I really do this at 5.15? That's super impressive. I don't even believe that. Maybe maybe there's an hour delay or something. Um, I was surprised because when I read through it, I was like, that's pretty good. Not even any typos. Usually when I get something uh, like this, I think kind of profound, it takes me a day of reflection. You know, we've all, we've all been in that place where um, we have an argument or a discussion or a dialogue with somebody back and forth. And you're like, okay, that, that, that went okay. And then a day later, you're like, I wish I would have said this. Usually, like, these kind of tweets or thoughts that come from me are the day later kind. Um, so let me read this to you. And we'll, then we'll, we'll dive into some of the local stuff. Um, in relation to the verdict last night and all the credit in the world for Alex yesterday afternoon as, like, we were within an hour of, of the... Um, of the verdict coming down, Alex was like, oh no, 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 this was this was fast, and like this was a, a super fast decision for them, uh, complete unanimity. And what did she say? Like most of the time they all spent together was getting to and from wherever they were sequestered because they took care of this thing um, fast. So she got this now, and she's like, if it's this little time, he's guilty. Uh, perhaps this is the long needed historical inflection point. A further, inca- a further accountability of an extremely challenging, almost thankless profession, but one still that cannot and must not be above itself, the law. 
and free from consequences of dire and deadly acts. Let me read that again a little bit more smoothly with some speed. Perhaps this is the long-needed historical inflection point of further accountability, of an extremely challenging, almost thankless profession, but one that's one still that cannot and must not be above itself, the law, and free from consequences of dire and deadly acts. So I saw a lot of people um, parsing things yesterday saying uh, this is not justice, this is accountability. And I agree with some of these ways these things were being parsed. I think AOC threw something out there uh, in her many places of uh, social contributions to the internet along the lines of, you know, this, this is not policy change. So um, I don't want to say much more, but it's being parsed in a lot of ways. And I hope that this, some, some had even said some things online were like, Derek Chauvin was just a sacrificial lamb and things will go back to the way they were. I get the cynicism and the doubt. I get it. Because you don't change centuries of a certain behavior overnight. But I think this is a good first step. And I'll leave that alone. Um, At the end, can I do a little inside radio with you? We'll come back. We'll come back to that. So sit tight with me. Um... But some other things, spring snow, we got five inches. And you know those things around the Super Bowl where it's usually like some furniture guy. I think the guy in Houston does it every year. And he's like, if it does this on the Super Bowl Sunday and we get this much snow, everybody who bought something here gets free furniture. They're insurance contests. So they, they that, that person will take out like, they'll pay like a $10,000 insurance policy. Um, and then everybody that bought that furniture, you know, if, if it happens, the insurance pays it out pays for everybody for whatever his losses were well there was a miniature version of that um i and i didn't see this till today from wtol so mr free says something along the lines if we get four inches of snow on tuesday everybody gets a free small cone of ice cream on thursday well we got five inches at the uh, eugene f crans toledo express airport so at both locations i've never been to mr freeze but when i see people talk about it i think it's usually the perrysburg one but at both locations uh everybody gets a free small cone tomorrow so look great free publicity for uh for them and uh, i know everybody loves mr freeze and up until the weather turned really cold my girlfriend amanda and i were talking a lot we had a big uh, we had a, like a two-hour ice cream we had a never-ending evening of ice cream discussion last thursday night mostly because she was um she was encountering a, a personal foe and she couldn't she wanted ice cream but where should we go what should we get so, um, so spring snow, I, you know, I, I hate snow. I hate cold weather. Um, like I, like I say, you don't track heat and humidity into the house. Um, you don't have to clean your car off of heat and humidity. I prefer summer and hot weather over snow and frigid temperatures. You track salt and snow into your house. So you got to warm the car up, all that stuff. Um, I particularly I'm very wary of the extreme dangers, a different kind of danger than the December or January snow, which is icy roads, slip and falls. But I was concerned and I watched some of it last night and I'm like, oh, that doesn't look good. I hope the house, I hope the house right there. I hope that doesn't come into my Transformers room. John, if John, if you can hear me, you're done. We're not doing this. Bye. That was my guest who is uh, now like, yeah. Um, anyway, 
uh, back in October of 2011. I was living in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and we got one of these fall. I mean, we had a, just had a spring snowstorm. Um, we we got a freak mid-fall snowstorm. I don't have any inches. It wasn't much more than what we had now. Maybe it was six, but probably four or five. But because leaves were still in the trees all over Allentown, Pennsylvania, and the Lehigh Valley, uh, that heavy, wet snow hung on those leaves and those branches and eventually brought a lot of those branches down all over the area, which impacted a lot of people's power lines. I think I was with it with it, without power because of that mid-fall snowstorm for at least three days. I do remember the day that we had it. I went to my friend's house because she had rounded up some people who didn't have power at her place. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm done hanging out here. We watched a football game or something. And then I went home. No heat, total darkness. I lived by the light of my phone. And then I went home to Philadelphia the next day and just, I stayed there and commuted to work in Allentown waiting for uh, the power to come back on. So these storms, the ones in mid-fall, the one that we just had, I, th- I do think I saw a tweet from Tiffany Tarpley this morning from WTOL saying some people had their power out, but I did not come across widespread power outages. So I guess we were lucky because like I said last night when I, when I was at home, oh, when I went out to walk the dogs for a minute, one very large branch was leaning up against the house. This morning, that whole tree was leaning the other way. In fact, when I took the dogs out this morning for a walk, um, still chilly, not super cold. I had my hoodie on. And before I could get my hood up, because it was like a miniature snowstorm this morning because everything was melting, um, a big chunk of snow that came down off of a tree, it was like raining, went right down the back of my shirt. So these uh, these off-season storms can, br- can be pretty chaotic. Let's go back to Perrysburg for a minute. Um, I'm not going to get into the minutia of it. I think it was a lot of um, insurance and they had to form a limited liability corporation and one person had to be responsible for all this. But after a bunch of false starts, uh, it looks like Perrysburg is going to have its Dora. Um, it's it's cleared, I think, a six to one vote in city council. We'll come back to the one in a minute. Um, and, it, and they hope to have it up and running by Memorial Day. Did I save the story to my left here? Um, yeah, one city council person, again, in a six to one vote, Deborah Bourne, um, she was the lone dissenting vote. We've talked a lot about recently, like this is, this is not the, the digital age. It is, but it's created the age of accountability as we found out so much. So yesterday with the trial and then what happened in, um, in Columbus where we didn't wait to, usually we, we have to wait some time before, uh, the body cam footage comes out. I think those days of waiting a week, no way. That stuff is going to be released very quickly because the longer any um, any local any local authorities sit on it, uh, the more you think that it's being messed with. But this is the age and era of accountability. Um, Deborah Bourne said, I still believe the vast majority of residents of the city of Perrysburg do not want this. Now, you know me, very pragmatic, I'm, I'm too literal for my own good. I still believe the vast majority of residents of the city of Perrysburg do not want this. Okay, I, the literal me, but also if I were a citizen of Perrysburg, I'd go, okay, prove this to me. 
Accountability means we need evidence. We need proof. I'll use an example from like sports talk radio. And amazingly, it's, it's still, it's still happening in the past before we had more access to many more advanced, but still easy to comprehend statistics. Sports talk hosts would be like, that guy can't hit. Or like, he's a bad hitter in X situations. Or like, this guy can't hit three pointers from, from there. And you would believe it because it was a guy, it was usually a guy on the radio proclaiming something. Now, there's plenty of data and statistics and tracking to go, no, you can't just say that anymore. That, that, in fact, that's completely wrong. Um, I know that we can't poll everyone in Perrysburg, but I would at least, and I'm not trying to be a dick here, uh, to uh, councilperson born, I'd like to know. Um, I, I mean, can I have evidence? I still believe the vast majority of residents of the city of Perrysburg do not want this. I'll even take some kind of like online petition, an offline petition, um, the cynic in my own thoughts says, oh, the other, maybe, maybe this is accurate. And the other six are just doing it for, for business reasons. And so I know the businesses of downtown Perrysburg really wanted this Dora. So I, again, I just, this is just me saying whenever I read, um, any kind of statement anywhere, this is why I try not to be overly general anymore. Like those aforementioned sports talk hosts. Um, just knowing it, it, it's the fact checking world. We saw that during the, uh, during the election. So if you're a Perrysburg person, are you for or against it? Um, and even if everybody listening to this podcast right now said, I'm absolutely for it, there's no way we can get uh, the majority of people listening in Perrysburg. Uh, I mean, there's still many more people in Perrysburg who aren't listening to this podcast right now, and their opinion matters too. So just a curiosity there. Um, more when it comes to the age of accountability. Uh, this is quiet and good. The guy made a mistake. I don't know who the hell he is, but it's nice that these things can just kind of shrink away. So the Perrysburg bus driver, who uh, with the comment, and I guess there was an investigation uh, in a video taken on the bus provided to Channel 13, a man can be heard asking someone off camera, you're from Mexico? After a student responds in the affirmative, the man replies, then shouldn't you be in a cage somewhere in Texas? A student can then be heard in the video calling the statement racist. So that... uh. That gentleman, or I'm sorry, I don't want to call him a gentleman, not with that kind of statement. That dude quit. Um, don't know who he is. Uh, and you know what? I'm totally fine leaving that where it is. This guy doesn't have to be held out for public scorn. Like this is the uh, any kind of witch hunt or trials from the, the 16th century. That, that was enough. Um, maybe he was close to retirement. Anyway, I don't know. And... I'm certainly all this guy redeem all for this guy redeeming himself, but this is the way this needed to happen. Um, an offense, but a small one nonetheless. And I'm fine leaving that where that is. Um, another one of these horrific stories and the picture of the, I, I can't, I can't, it's another abused dog situation. And usually these, these dogs are, are they're often emaciated. Um, and I have a, hard time looking at that just like I have a hard time looking at a person like that when I dig up a holocaust picture from uh, Auschwitz and you see these people who are like 80 pounds under 100 pounds these are like adults fully grown adults and they're no more than skin and bones I I can't look at those pictures um, and I, I can't look at the animals in these pictures in the last few and I think there's been like three in recent memory like it in the last couple of months I hate them. Obviously, I don't want anything bad to happen to people, unless you're a bad person. Mm. Then we can have a 
we can have a discussion. I don't want anything happening to animals ever. You know my rule. Uh, movies. No dogs dying. I had to not watch parts of how John Wick got started. So in this, the dog's name is Briley. Uh, that was the name that came, um, I guess, at West Toledo Animal Hospital. Briley is also in the care of Lucas County Pit Crew. She's doing okay. She's got a lot of wounds, and she's sore and inflamed. She's scared to death, but she's sweet. So um, I'm able to look at this because it's troubling. It's harrowing. Um, it's a, a, a photo posted to social media of a wounded dog. Um, she was found near Willie's Parkway. Well, Willie's Park and Woodlawn Cemetery in Toledo. I believe she was found by um, Bryce Gladney, 16 years old. Found her Monday night in a patch of woods. He often walk, walks her. He called his mom for help. The dog was lying in the brush and leaves at the foot of a small tree. The handle of her blue leash purposely looped over a broken branch. Um, if you look at this picture, I hope you do, she looks dead. Um, now, it's from about 10 or 12 feet away. But it looks like somebody tied a dead dog. And she's not emaciated. She's pretty beaten up, but you can't tell. But it looks like a dead dog leashed to a tree. And this is an awful situation. Um, she's got a sweet picture um, in another part of the article at the West Toledo Animal Hospital. And she just looks like a, a doll. She's a brindle. Um, if you would like to, uh, please go go look at this and maybe throw a couple of bucks. Because uh, I guess they need a couple of bucks to... Or that goes into a fund, kind of like what Cuties Fund, the Lucas County Canine Care and Control, that helps get these dogs in in better medical shape. Uh, donation donations toward Briley's care may be sent to or dropped off eight fifty five North McCord. Um, maybe that's the pit crew. Monetary donations may also be made online via PayPal at LucasCountyPitCrew.com or directly to the West Toledo Animal Hospital. Um, better things now. There is a new um, ale coming to stores on May 15th from a new fit. Well, it's always been a favorite of mine, but now that I know that I can get the chocolate peanut butter, guys guys and girls, I'm sorry that I don't know the specific name of the beer. I just know the label, but I can get the chocolate peanut butter uh, Ernest Brew Works beer in, uh, in that place on airport in Reynolds that I go to far too frequently. I'm often, in my defense, I'm often buying alcohol for others, like Magic Mike. Um, but uh, Ernest Brew Works is coming with a red panda ale, an Irish red cream ale. It's going to have a red tint to it. Uh, it'll be available, obviously, at Ernest Brew Works. And also, I think you can buy it at the zoo as well. Four pack will cost $13.99, and a portion of the proceeds will be donated to the Toledo Zoo Wildlife Fund. Uh, the can features a photo of one of the zoos, red pandas. There's fewer than 10,000 in the world due to a loss of habitat. There's been a 40% decrease in the population in the last 50 years. They're native to Nepal, China, and Myanmar. Did I say that right? So um, another reason to support Ernest Brew Works. And I'm kind of hoping I can get like a... They're moving to the what the old Southland Shopping Center where the Kroger is, with the patio and everything. And then also a downtown spot, I think, uh, where Seed was. I think, I think, I think, I think. But I would like to have a remote studio over... Hey, how about at both locations? Broadcasting from the... Uh, from the Ernest Brewworks Q105 Studios. Um, if you like getting to know some inside radio stuff, now is the time for that. Um, actually, sit tight. I'm going to drop one quick traffic report. Okay, so inside inside radio stuff here. Um, it took me a minute to get the right 
ethos to get the the zeitgeist of the afternoon show right. Um, and not doing any kind of like wacky bits or countdowns or anything like that. The music's gonna play, obviously, but I wanted it to be like I want I want you to know what's going on here where we live. Good, bad, maybe sometimes ugly, and then the occasional pop culture story that we shared like we did yesterday uh, with Demi Lovato and the ice cream nonsense. But when you when you tune into the show, I want you to know what's going on in, and this is the on-air show I'm talking about. Obviously, you know, we talk lots of local stuff like we just have here on the podcast. It's very tiny, snackable bites of this on air if you don't ever listen. Um, I figured that that was my best way to keep my value here to our community. Um, Big Corporate Radio, the place where I used to work, uh, their CEO shared some quotes, and I want to read some of these, did some kind of audio seminar. Um, asked Asked if localism is dead in light of centralization of programming operations. That means that there are, uh, in that company, there are not many local radio shows anymore, and they're beamed in from other parts of the country. Uh, He replied, and I'll just leave with he, he replied, localism is more important than ever. And this is where, uh, let me just read this, and I'll I'll see if I can translate it to you. Um, Replied, localism is more important than ever, but he pointed to the need for the programming to reflect that, that localism, rather than being in the market itself, um, hold on. Did I mess that up? Asked if localism is dead and led to centralization of programming operations. Pittman, uh, he replied that localism is more important than ever, but he pointed to the need for the programming to reflect that localism rather than being in the market itself. That's just nonsense. Um, he said that technology, oh, and by the way, I don't know if this is from the website that was hosting this and it's their parentheses or that guy's. But it's a crock of shit. Um, In the parentheses at the end of that statement, no one knows where we live anymore and no one cares. I hope to God that's not true because I endeavor every day and and that's why I, I I don't know what that company would have to offer me to get me to come back and I don't think I ever would. Not that they're asking me to come back, but I don't think I ever would. No way. Just gonna sit here in my in my afternoon show um, and talk about local things and talk about Mr. Freeze and talk about Perrysburg getting a Dora. To me, if I were a listener, that's far more compelling content even on um, the Top 40 station, the pop culture station, than Colton Underwood stuff and whatever else. Sure, we'll mix some of those bigger stories in, but I think for me to keep my job, and that means to keep you as a listener, we're going to talk about the Perrysburg door. We're going to shout out uh, 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 the Toledo Christian basketball coach who just retired after 20 years. So, and again, different philosophies, there are different ways to skin a cat, many ways can be successful, though some of the methodologies of ratings and what I do are questionable. Um, I'll continue on. He said that technology has allowed the company to broadcast from any place in the world, a boon during the pandemic. Absolutely. And hyper-focus on music that's right for the community. Questionable. And personalities you don't have to live in the market. Um, it's interesting. My whole life... Uh, when I first got started in radio, I was, and I started to move around, I always wanted to get back home to Philadelphia, which is was like the, the fifth biggest market in the country. I never endeavored, as many people doing what I did and what I do now, 
They wanted to get to New York or to LA or to Chicago. They just wanted to get to a bigger market size. I was very fortunate for as dumb as I was in my early 20s and as little enlightenment uh, or actualization as I had back then, I always knew I never wanted to be syndicated. I didn't care if more people heard me. I wanted the people who lived where I was fortunate enough to be on the air to like me more because I was one of them. Um, that's my job. That's, that's my goal every day when I, when I turn on, when, when I get to do the show on the air or the podcast. Uh, but, but, and the music is not local, by the way. It's in many cases, it's coming from some kind of regional hub. Uh, he added that artificial intelligence will increasingly aid in improving the program, you know, getting the music out. That doesn't, whatever the company blank said has to think in terms of if we started this business today, how would we operate rather than think in terms of business as it was a hundred years ago, putting, out-of-market talent in smaller markets, he insisted, allows those stations to air talent that it could not have previously afforded while maintaining local music logs and imaging and blah, blah, blah. Let me read that again. Putting out-of-market talent in smaller markets, he insisted, allows those stations to air talent that it could not have previously afforded. That's absolutely correct. It could not afford to pay um, an L.A. radio host $75,000, $100,000 to come be on the air in Toledo. But that person is never talking about those local markets. And if they are, somebody wrote those things for them. Um, and look, there are some things in place that, well, you can ask me about it or you can be like, hey, Eric, but wait a minute. But where I used to work, like this is their business model. Um, as seemingly like every six months since I have been gone from there, more of my friends have been let go. Um, and you know what? You could offer me well, this is my home now, but like I said, I, I have never wanted to be syndicated, not even necessarily regionalized unless uh, listeners called for it. Like this could be maybe a Northwest Ohio radio show, but we're going to keep talking. And when I say Northwest Ohio, I'm going like farther at, past the signal of, of Q105, like maybe getting towards like very Western Ohio near Indiana. I guess some of that lifestyle can equate to what we talk about, but as long as, you know, the podcast is here. Um, just like I was telling someone else yesterday, I don't want this podcast. This is not, this podcast is not done to compete with Joe Rogan and NPR podcast and all the famous ones in this American life. This podcast is for Toledo. Um, when and if radio can maintain its hold on the market, um, and, and not erode where FM becomes what AM has become over the many decades. I want people to, tune into this podcast and go, Eric's talking about stuff that's happening in Toledo, the Perrysburg Dora, Mr. Freeze, the snow we got, all that stuff. Because I live here and I do that stuff for you. And um, again, other companies have different philosophies. They are often fueled by financial decisions. Um, but I'm glad I can read through the tea leaves of, of things. The sludge of not necessarily lies, just not completely accurate truths. Thanks for being here with the podcast today. Um, Alex and Philip tomorrow... And uh, we'll let Philip tell the story if he is once again connected with his gym boyfriend, the extremely famous Luke Evans.